<laughs> you want your five-star matches? <laughs> you want your 30-minute classics? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> What is good, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. It's our Saturday episode. As you can tell by the title, this whole episode's mostly going to be about NXT as we head into Great American Bash on Sunday. Um, But before we get to talking and making predictions for that, uh, let's go into our Slapping Meat brackets. Um, As you know, we're, we're... Progressing through the first round of a 32-woman tournament on who we as the casual wrestling community think is the best woman's wrestler. And again, matchup matters here, so there are people who have been eliminated that you know maybe could have progressed in a different matchup. Matchups do matter here. That's the fun of the of the the bracket, right? So the last week's matchups was Sasha Banks versus Summer Rae and Bailey versus Sol Ruka. Unanimously, the community picked Sasha, which is what I expected. It wasn't unanimous, though, um, and it was never going to be unanimous for Bailey versus Sol Ruka because I personally would have voted for Sol Ruka. Here's the thing with this bracket, and, and I noticed this as I was looking through the bracket and filling it in week by week, and I'd, I've noticed, I was like, this bracket is is biased. It's biased towards what I enjoy, and so I picked 32 re- women's wrestlers, past, present, and NXT, what we can call the future, and I picked them based on unconscious, unrecognized bias, for example, like Asuka's not on the list, which is going to make DJ Wavy D a little bit upset, you know, but in the 32 women, Asuka's not on the list. I miss people like Mandy Rose, uh, who probably should have been on this bracket and, and, and outside of some of the other uh, people on the bracket, right? And then when it comes to sort of my, my voting... Like I need you guys to give Sol Ruka her her praise, her her and I know if you don't watch NXT often, if you never have seen Sol Ruka, maybe you don't know enough about her, right? But I think when I look at this 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 idea, this bracket, I look at someone like Sol Ruka I think at this current moment, she's more marketable and and than Bailey. I, I, I'm not sold on Bailey. Right? I understand why she won. Bailey's more well known. She's had a better, longer career. 
Um, but ba the best Bailey was face ba uh, Bailey. NXT Bailey was the best Bailey we've ever had. I'm not sold on this heel gimmick. I I just don't think it gets over for me the way it should. Like like I don't understand why WWE messed that up. They had a uh a, an opportunity to to sort of have Bailey be. The female John Cena, she was loved by by the children fan base, especially younger women, younger girls who who loved and who loved Bailey, and they they threw that away for the quick pop. Let's just be honest; it was for that quick week or two sort of boo, and then now and that you get the run with the title, and now Bailey's not really doing much of anything. Right now, I understand why Bailey went. I'm here to tell you though, of all the people that have lost in this first round so far, right? Sol Ruka is probably the one. I'm not going to say it irritates me, but she's she's the one that I think has the biggest upside of all the women that I chose from NXT on this list. I think Sol Ruka, when she gets back from her ACL um, rehab. She has that potential to be a big star. She's athletic. Like she is the quintessential athlete that that WWE is looking for in their recruiting process when they do these tryouts now. Okay. Everyone sort of complains that oh WWE doesn't take an indie talent. Well, why would they take an indie talent when they can get someone who's much more athletic? And they can train, and if they work out like it has for Sol Ruka, who instantly picked up, you know, the business. She picked up the in-ring ability super quick, and she has that athletic ability. And at least to me, she's kind of a, attract, at least more attractive than Bailey to me in this matchup, right? But not going to really focus on that. It is a community thing, so I'm not going to... To fret, I will say I I had Sol Ruka winning and upsetting Bailey on this bracket. With that being said, we'll move forward to this week's matchups, and I, I want to go ahead and sort of clarify a rule change that I that I think I'm going to implement um, for this Saturday episode for this bracket. I'm going to start voting Friday, and then. And voting Wednesday, the next Wednesday. Um, and I'm going to do that because I don't think we need a full week to vote. Most people in the community vote within the first 24 hours of me posting the episode. Um, but also, I liked, I'm, I'm going to start to record these Saturday episodes on, on Wednesdays. Um, so if, as you guys know... The, the, um, we have an episode that comes out on Wednesday. That episode now is going to sort of be, um, the news talking about the things that are happening in wrestling. And the Saturday episode starting next week, because this week will be, of course, NXT predictions. But the Saturday episode starting next week will solely be where I answer 
the Discord's questions. It, right? It'll be bracket. It'll be Discord questions. And then that way on the Wednesday episode, I can go more in depth in sort of reviewing the product, um, different things throughout the week um, that, I, that I would like to talk about. Um, and so with that being stated, this week's matchups are what I think is one of my favorite matchups of this first round, Liv Morgan versus Raquel Gonzalez. I don't know why I put Raquel Gonzalez. That's her old name, right? Yeah. Oh boy, I'm a, I'm an idiot. It's Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> That's funny. If you guys don't didn't watch her in, if y'all didn't watch her in NXT, she went by Raquel Gonzalez, and I don't know why when I made this bracket, I called her Raquel Gonzalez. That's insane to me. Because it's been like a year, two years since she's been by that name. And I, I normally don't mess these things. That's insane. That's fucking crazy to me. Anyway, Raquel Rodriguez versus Liv Morgan. I just looked at my bracket. And I'm like, who the hell is Raquel Gonzalez? It's Raquel Rodriguez. Raquel Rodriguez versus Liv Morgan. That's an interesting matchup that I, I think could go in a lot of different ways. It could, right? The other matchup is also kind of interesting to me. It's another NXT in Cora Jade. So I, I kind of expect that that's going to go against her. Even though it has worked out for, for Roxanne and Tiffany. Cora Jade versus Alexa Bliss. I think we could get two upsets this week with... Raquel and Cora being the lower seeds, I, we can consider those upsets. I, I think we could have that happen. Um, I, I really do. Um, so this will be interesting to see how this um, this turns out. Um, again, tune in again, and we will uh, announce those winners next week. Uh, but without further ado, let's get away from the sort of housekeeping and get into the topic at hand, which is predicting NXT uh, Great American Bash. So first off, I just want to preface this. I just got done watching Tuesday's episode of NXT. Um, and for the most part, it was good. I just got to say something. The way they're using Judgment Day throughout the three shows is fantastic. They're the, they're my favorite thing on the pro product now. Right. Right. If you go back a year ago, I hate it. Judgment day. It made no sense when, right. It, it made no sense. Right. And, and I'm not calling them out. I don't think that's what this is, but like in their on notorious nerdy D's show on his podcast, when edge got turned on and was sort of kicked out of the group, this was, a, this was a while ago. He came on there and was like, Judgment Day needs a leader. Uh, they they need someone that sort of is like leading the group, and they had that with Edge. I think it's clear who the leader is of the group now. I th It's Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is the, is the leader of the Judgment Day. She's calling the shots. She's got to keep them intact in and... and Right when Finn and, and Damian were sort of bickering, she was the one that calmed them down and brought them back together and tried to keep the peace in the group. 
right? She's the one that caused the shots, right? It's 100% clear to me now, Rhea Ripley is the leader of Judgment Day. She is 100% in control of Judgment Day. Um, now, I've seen, like, fantasy bookings where she's sort of, like, getting... She is the leader of the group that we see on TV, but there's, like, a secret leader that she has to answer to that sort of tells her how to, how to run the group. That would be cool if that happened, um, but I don't necessarily think... That's going almost back to their sort of supernatural uh, gimmick, which I don't think they need. I think just as we run NXT, we're the best. We're, we're the sort of, like, we're going to issue justice if you run us the wrong way. Um... But let's just also talk about how they're treating Dominic Mysterio, right? And and, and, and it's it's a good way. I'm not going to uh, hate on Dominic, right? I love the way they're treating Dominic here. And, and, and they're treating him in this character. They're really pushing this that he's just a little, he's just a little bitch, right? He can't win clean, which I don't complain about, right? right? I hate when people... Complain about the heels winning dirty. That's what they're supposed to do. Right? Dom can't win clean. He, he doesn't have the ability to beat someone like Wesley clean. And so Rhea has to knock him out with the title. Right? He needs that interference. Right? Then he goes on Friday and defends against Butch. But can't win clean. Right? And so he needs the interference of, of the Judgment Day. And then on Monday Night Raw. Right? He needs the help of the Judgment Day to retain the title. Right, and so I love that they're doing this. Right, I think it's fantastic. First off, it's a good way to get get eyes on the product. I've seen so many people since in the last week say, "Oh, I I'm going to start watching NXT now because the Judgment Day's down there," and I think that's good for the product overall. It's going to grab more eyes. On the product of, of NXT, which I think is, is really needed in, in, in for the product because it is so good. Because it is very good. The ratings need to be higher. You, you want more people to watch it. In fact, I would say you need more people to watch NXT if you're going to try to do this sort of dream Triple H wants where it's no, no longer considered like developmental but considered an equal third brand. But if it's the equal third brand, you need to have the million, the two million, the three million people watching Raw and SmackDown on a weekly basis, watching NXT, so that you can integrate the rosters. Because I ultimately think that's what Triple H wants to do. I ultimately believe that Triple H wants to have a, a, a playground of WWE where he can integrate all three rosters sort of and mix them together like i that's what we need to do can we stop with this draft and and roster split brand split bullshit let's just have wwe roster over three tv shows and whoever shows up shows up i think that's how we need to do it i don't think we need to complicate it by saying you're a raw superstar or you're a smackdown superstar because when you have that and then you have a raw guy show up on NXT it confuses people if you could just say we're all WWE's roster and we could show up wherever we want i think that fits better 
than just than than confusing people with the sort of like brand split or right or roster that you're on. Right now now there can be certain people who are specific to brands, but when you have something like the Judgment Day, which is super hot right now, you want it on TV as much as possible. And so it, it but it feels weird, right? You know, when when Dominic is a raw superstar, but he has the NXT belt and he shows up on SmackDown to defend it. That feels weird. But if you took away the whole this right, if we go back to the understanding of why the brand split happened, right? WWE created the brand split in the draft to 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 create the illusion of competition when they bought WCW. Because what they wanted to do was to sort of continue the idea that they were competing against another company or another brand. And and because that's what benefited their ratings every week. But when you own NXT and when you own SmackDown, like it, it it's the illusion of competition that I don't think is necessarily needed here um, for WWE because everyone knows that it's it's the same brand and the same rosters. And if you're not going to go full into the... Like, if you're going to separate the rosters, I'm not saying don't do it, but if you're going to do it, you have to be strict with who could show up on the... You can't have Judgment Day running all three shows. You just can't because it goes against the roster. It goes against... Right, all of that. It would be like, for example, the USFL uh, Spring League football. They te- technically they own all eight teams in the league. It's owned by the league. There aren't individual owners, right? Right, and so technically, what if they want it to? If there's a player that's doing really well, technically, you know, they can move them to another team. I don't know necessarily how the logistics of how that could work. But it's not like you have to do trades, and you're not trading with another company because the league owns all the teams, right? But you don't do that in football with that league because it would confuse everyone if that dude showed up on four different teams throughout the season playing for four different brands. That It would just confuse people, right? And I think if you want to be taken as if you have three separate rosters, you have to keep the rosters unique to that show. But they obviously don't want to do that, and neither neither should they. Judgment Day should be on all three shows. I think it's fantastic. It makes like NXT was already good, but Dominic and and Rhea being there just makes it so much better. It gives some people a reason to watch. But with that saying, let's go ahead and talk about. Um, oh, and and, and there's one other thing before we go into predictions though, about this past week's episode. Uh, speaking of Rhea. Banger of a match against Valkyria. What a great match that was to sort of advance the perception of Lyra Valkyria. Right? Because I think there was some people, myself included, that just didn't think she she was next in line. Like, she's been booked. I, I didn't really see how good she really was. And though you put her against the top women's wrestler in the industry and she she performs pretty good, I think there there was a little bit. I, I don't like I'm not gonna rate it five star, mostly because it was a TV match. Um but it was a pretty damn good match. Um and it, it served its purpose of getting her over as someone who can compete with the women's champion, right? 
And then final thing I want to say is I love NXT for the fact that they do these out of the arena. I've I said this on Nerdy D's show when he asked me to do the Power 10 segment about NXT. I volunteered to say five reasons why you need to watch NXT. And I said the out of the arena promo or vignettes, the out of the arena segments where they did it again this week with the gas station brawl between uh, Davenport and, and Roxanne. And was it, was it funny? Was it a little bit corny? Sure. But it, it, it takes the story to a whole nother level when you, when, when you have these, these segments where it looks like they're not just taping in the arena, right? Like imagine, like imagine, uh, Roman versus Jay last week at the rules of engagement segment, right? Imagine if that show started with Jay Uso, uh, you know, showing up on the island or it, the elders were setting up the, the rules of engagement. They were getting the, the elders into, into court into tribal court, right? And you see Roman, getting on a plane and throughout the show you see Jay Uso show up you see Roman show up on this island and then you finally get the segment on the island where the elders mention it as tribal court rather than Jay Uso right how much more effective would that segment have been I'm not saying the segment was bad but how much more effective could that have been right because like let's say they did Davenport versus uh, Roxanne, they did this segment and it was in the backstage area. How many times have we seen that? It's not effective, but if we see them out among like the public, right, in, in like a grocery store or in a gas station and they're beating the living shit out of each other, we know it's taped. Like I'm 100% certain they wouldn't just allow them to to go in there and start beating the shit up out of each other without alerting the public of what was going on. For legal reasons, you would have to do that. But I didn't even think about it that way when the segment came on. I just thought, oh, cool. We're getting this this story outside of the standard backstage promo beatdown or arena beatdown. We're, we're getting this, and it sells the story. So now it makes sense why this is what they're calling... A weapons wild match, which I don't really necessarily know what that means. It, that's literally just an extreme rules match with a funky name, right? But it it brings something towards the story, right? So let's go ahead and predict this. Let's start with the pre-show. We we had a pre-show match added last, uh, well, Tuesday night. Again, remember I'm recording this on Wednesday, so sometimes I'm gonna say like last night or something, just just out of habit. But um, we had a Dragon Lee with. Teaming with Nathan Fraser, Ulisa Leon, and Valentina Faras versus The Metaphor, which is Noam Dar, Oro Menso, Jakara Jackson, and Last Legend. Which, let me be honest, of, of The Metaphor, first off, I like the name. Of the four in that group, Jakara Jackson is really, you know, doing her thing there. I really am impressed by her. Um... And, and she's the, the, the sort of bright spot of that team to me, to be honest. Um, but as an eight-person mixed tag team match, I'm assuming that means, and, and I'm not just assuming, I kind of know how this is going to go, women fight women, men fight men. 
my prediction for this match, now it is a pre-show match, so I more than likely won't watch it. I'm not really sold necessarily on this story. I like Fraser, and I like J Jakara Jackson on the other side, but the rest of the other six, I could really give two craps about, don't really care. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Fraser, Dragon Lee, Leon, and Faros win this match. Um, and, and that sort of puts an end to this. Though I could also see the metaphor winning to set up another uh, Heritage Cup match between Noam Dar and Fraser. However, I'm going to go with Dragon Lee, Nathan Fraser, Ulyssa Leon, and Valentina Faras as the winner of the pre-show match. Now we get to the main card here. Um, my assumption is that they are going to start the show with the North American Championship match. It's the, you you got to start hot, right? You got to start hot. Um, obviously, Carmelo versus Dragunov is going to be the main event. But you got to start this hot, and this is a good match to start it with. You got Ali versus Wesley versus Dominic. I think that's pretty simple. I think it's pretty simple. Dominic's winning this match. It's a triple threat, which means there's no disqualification, which means the Judgment Day more than likely is going to get involved. And I, I see this as Dominic Mysterio. You can't just take it from him a week and a half after he wins the title. All right, so keep the run going. And I say you keep this going. Like, like how much more beneficial would it, would it be if Dominic shows up at... SummerSlam with the North American Championship. It gets eyes on the product, right? It gets eyes on the product. I think Dominic wins this match. I think he could hold this title for a while, to be honest. I'd hold it to Mania and have him defend it at Mania, to be completely honest. I don't think Judgment Day is going to split up anytime soon. I know there's a call for it to happen, but they're the hottest thing on the roster right now. Um... As a group, they're just the hottest thing on the roster. There's a reason why they're on all three shows, and 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 I think you got to keep them that that going. There's no reason to turn anyone, um, at all. I just don't see that happening. I just don't see it happening, ever. Um, so Dominic Mysterio though wins that match. I I honestly believe that's how it's going to happen. We're then going to move forward to. Probably one of many hot takes. Probably the only hot take, actually, in this match. Tiffany Stratton versus Thea Hale in a submission match for the NXT Women's Championship. And I 100%, I felt this way for several weeks, Thea Hale's winning this match. Thea Hale's winning this match. She will become the youngest ever, I want to say, champion in WWE history. Of all titles. Um, and I think Tiffany's ready for that main roster push. I think Tiffany's potentially showing up at SummerSlam. Um, to set up a feud with, with someone. Um, or, you know, I, I, I don't see Tiffany Stratton staying in NXT very long. There is an obvious need for her on the main roster. I'm thinking more towards the SmackDown side of the roster, especially if like Charlotte becomes champion again. You could have Tiffany and Charlotte do a program. 
Um, she's been talking a lot about Charlotte here recently on social media as well. So I could see that happening. I'm going Thea Hale winning this match. I think it's going to happen. Um, and, and, and Chase, you will get a title uh, uh, for the first time. And I think you get some great story out of that as well. Then we move towards uh, Gallus, the champions, the NXT Tag Team Champions. Gallus, Mark Coffey, and uh, Wolfgang versus... The D'Angelo family of Tony D'Angelo and Stax Lorenzo. Um, I think this is pretty fucking simple where this is going. D'Angelo and Stax have to win this match. The story would make no sense if they lose. Stax and D'Angelo win this. I think, again, Gallus could potentially be on their way to the, to the main roster. Could you imagine them, you know... Facing Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and, and, and beating them. I think that would be fantastic for you to do that. Um, at least for one of the t uh, main roster tag titles if they ever decide to split them up. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to go with the family here. They're going to win this match for sure. We then move into a match that was just created this week. Gable Stevenson versus Baron Corbin. Now I like this match. I'm not quite certain, though, it's going to be as good as I'm hoping it is. It's going to be definitely sort of the, the, the lull in the show. I'm going Steveson. You don't put him in here. Like, I, I don't see Corbin beating Steveson. You don't put this man in this situation. You've had him on, on the roster for, like, two and a half years. He finally decides to come over to, to WWE. He needs... a. To win his first match, right? I think it completely destroys Steveson to not have him win this match. And 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 while wins and losses to me don't matter necessarily as much as but the presentation does. And if you present him as a loser in his first match, it's just not going to work out. Um, at least for me, right? Um, and then you get Perez versus Davenport, which we've sort of talked about the the story behind. Davenport's winning this um, this match. I 100% think Davenport's winning. And this is also part of the reason why I think Thea Hale becomes champion is because Davenport, I think, is next in line to become champion. And I think Thea Hale will be that transition from heel to heel, right? If, if you understand sort of the, the, how how wrestling works in a cycle, it's, um, it's uh, I don't even know the word, uh, I'm not even gonna try to say it, but but it's um, it works in a cycle, right? You have a heel, they get beat by a baby face, who gets beat by a heel, who gets beat by a baby face, and it continues to go in a circle, right? So Tiffany Stratton being the heel, right? But you can't put Blair Davenport against Tiffany Stratton, right? You just can't do it. Two heels will not, especially like both. Like there's no motivation for both of them. The motivation's the same to be champion, right? Um, and so, you can't have Davenport versus Stratton. But you could put Davenport against Thea Hale. Because Thea Hale's the babyface. And you can have Davenport come out and beat Thea Hale. And that's how you can get her to be champion. While not having Tiffany... Uh, Tiffany losing in a submission match. You could blame that on the fact that she's not a submission wrestler. Right? And so... 
I think that's the step to get from Tiffany to Davenport as champion is to give Thea Hale that transition that could last a month or two before Davenport finally wins the title. I think that's where we're headed. Um, we then have Carmelo Hayes versus Ilya Dragunov in the main event for the NXT Championship. Uh, Trick Williams will be involved at some point, I'm certain. Um... And so, I'm going on the limb. And as much as I want Dragunov to win this match, I don't think he does. I think Dragunov is going to lose and work his way to the main roster where he, where he joins. I believe he's going to join Imperium. Either replace Vinci or be just an, an extra addition to the roster. I think Carmelo Hayes is going to retain this match. But I think, and I I felt this way a little bit a couple for the last couple months, but I feel it 100% confident in saying this now. The way they're booking this, I think we could potentially see a split with Trick and Hayes. Carmelo could be like, dude, I sacrificed myself for you, and you're right, and you're not grateful, or whatever, right? And 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 I think we might see a split, or we might just see Bobby Lashley show up at Great American Bash. We might just see the Prophet show up at Great American Bash. We might just show, see MVP and Omos show up at the Great American Bash as we form the, the new Hurt business and Dragunov is the first person to get taken out of the way. To, to help protect Hayes and Trick Williams. Because I think the Hurt business, it doesn't just... Like everyone's thing is when you think of we need a faction and everyone sort of limits factions to only being four or five people... Factions could be 20 people if you wanted it to. Right? It could be as much as you want to put in the faction. So I think the, the Hurt Business being led by Bobby Lashley, having the Street Profits there, having Omos there, having MVP there, having Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams there, you were seven, eight people. I think you recruit, you know, some women. You think about someone like Bianca Belair who could join it. I'm thinking of um, trying to think of who else could could fit perfectly in this sort of gimmick, uh, right? But Bianca could be in there, and you could you can make the fact like I think we need a rise in factions where where you have three or four or five factions on the roster, and and you choose who you want to join, and you can have splits, and you can have I'm I'm going to split from here. I'm going to go to this new faction because I disagree with this new addition. Or you can create stories out of it. I think it's the easiest way to book if you have factions that way, right? Um, and so I think Carmelo Hayes is winning this match, and, and we could see the hurt the hurt business show up. I would love to see that happen, or we could start to see the booking lead to a separation of Hayes and Trick, where Trick turns on Carmelo. And, and, and gets a title run himself while at NXT. Because I'm not 100% convinced Trick Williams is ready for the main roster. I think he's a good mouthpiece. I just don't know if he can wrestle yet. And I don't want him being promoted to the main roster just to be sort of fed to the wolves. I think they need to do good. They need to protect Trick Williams 
because he has that potential. Honestly, he has the potential. He has the look. He can be a big star in WWE. I'm 100% certain of it. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's my predictions. Let me know what you guys think. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I will see you on Wednesday. And with the next episode, as we, we, we begin to start, we're going to review uh, Great American Bash and sort of look into the build to towards SummerSlam um, in, in a week. So thank you all for listening, and I will see you all in the next episode.